You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenges. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. And as you can imagine, I just finished watching this Rams-Packers game, and there are a lot of question marks. If you missed the game or if you didn't watch it, the Los Angeles Rams dropped another game. This is their third loss in a row, of course, coming off the bye week now. The record 7-4. and four. They lose this game to the Packers 36-28. to 28. And there's a bunch of stuff for us to discuss in this game. We're going to dive into the good, the bad, the ugly. And there's some real questions about this team right now. I feel like if you think this team is a Super Bowl contender, you are probably one of very, very few people that really do believe that. So we can dive into the good at the beginning here. And I think even though the Packers scored 36 points, you would probably suggest that the defense was god-awful, but I actually think they were the better side of the ball for the Rams in this game, and yes, they almost gave up a 40-burger, which is just depressing. I don't even know how you could possibly suggest that that side of the ball played a good game, but at the same time, I genuinely do think that they did play at least a competitive game. They're playing against Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in football, Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in football, and for the most part, none of those guys really ever killed him. There was maybe a big play or two here or there where, you know, they hit Randall Cobb for a 55, 60-yard catch and run or, you know, a couple plays like that. But other than that, they really didn't do that bad. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, 307 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, was sacked only one time, 6.8 yards per attempt. That's not that bad. You look at the rushing attack, again, they were pretty solid in this regard. 20 carries for A.J. Dillon, only 69 rushing yards. He averaged 3.4 yards per pop. And Aaron Jones only averaged 2.3 yards a carry. So in general, like they were very stout up front. The real issue, I think, for the defense, and we'll dive more into this in the next few segments here, is the pass rush. There was no pass rush whatsoever, which is very concerning for a team that just traded a two and a three for Von Miller and has Aaron Donald and has some of these other big names like Leonard Floyd that they're paying a lot of money. And we'll talk about that, like I said, in just a second here. But some of the other good things, I thought, you know, Sony Michelle was one of the bright spots in this game. and. If your backup running back is one of your better players in this game, probably didn't play that great of a game, of course. So you look at the statistics, only three carries for 14 yards, but he was running hard. I think he looks better probably than Daryl Henderson does. And I'm sure most people will probably disagree with me on that fact. But as it goes, I mean, in this game, I thought he deserved more work. He obviously didn't get that much. So other than that, though, not that many great spots for the Rams here. I mean, offensively, Odell pulls in five receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, seven receptions for 96 yards. Van Jefferson, three receptions, 93 yards, a touchdown, and a long catch for 79 yards on a post route that he took for a touchdown after he broke a tackle. But really, all in all, offense looked bad. They could not stay on the field. A lot of three and outs like we've seen the past few weeks. Really no time of possession for these guys. It felt like the Packers had the ball for nearly the whole game. Sean McVay calling weird plays consistently. Matthew Stafford, another pick six. It was not a good game for these guys. And really, the only other area of the ball that I thought they played well on, again, the defensive side of the ball, was the secondary. I know they gave up nearly 40 points, but still, Jalen Ramsey, I thought, played a good game in this game. Didn't really give up much at all. Might have been, you know, one or two, three catches for 5, 10, 15 yards, that kind of stuff. But 
really all in all was solid. I really thought Darius Williams probably played his best game as well. Had a nice pass breakup in the end zone. He did get beat for one play where it was like a second and 20 or something like that. And he kind of slipped and it looked like he just kind of got juked out of his shoes. And it was sort of like a post rod kind of thing. I think it might've went to Alan Lazard. I can't recall who the receiver was on that play, but other than that, there was at least five or six plays where he was in really good coverage and Aaron Rodgers tried to test him. Didn't really work out. The one guy that maybe struggled in the secondary or the two guys, I guess, Taylor Rapp, Dante Dion, they didn't play all that great. I mean, Dante Dion wasn't bad, but there was obviously, you know, a lack of talent there when you're trying to guard a guy like Devontae Adams. I mean, that's going to be a matchup that Devontae Adams is going to win more often than not. We saw him win vertical over Dion, catches a nice 43-yard pass, and that's just a big ask for a guy that was on your practice squad a few weeks ago, a month or two ago. So, you know, at the end of the day, you can tip your hat to him for dueling and duking it out. And he still had some good plays in this game as well, but it wasn't his best game either. And that's just a battle that that elite number one wide receiver is more often than not going to win. Moving to the safety room, thought Nick Scott played a pretty good game in this one. He came in for Taylor Rapp, I want to say right before the end of the first half and started playing that center fielder type of role where he's kind of dropping back in deep zones because Taylor Rapp, like I mentioned, was not good in this game, not good in coverage over the last few weeks. And ultimately, he nearly had an interception and had a couple of nice pass breakups there as well. So he played well. And the one player that I really thought had a good game in that secondary was Jordan Fuller. I mean, he was fantastic in this game. He had a couple of reps where he was tested in coverage as well, targeted. I'm not sure that he even gave up a catch. And if he did, it definitely wasn't for much. So really, all in all, this is probably the best performance from the secondary that we've seen maybe in a little bit. And again, they nearly gave up 40 points. So it wasn't good. And as you can imagine, there's a lot more bad than good in this game. I really didn't feel like the Rams felt comfortable at any point in this game. Never mind the coaching staff, the game plan coming off of a bye week, the quarterback, more turnovers, more mistakes, the offensive line, one of their less good games this season, the rushing attack couldn't really get much going. It was just a weird game, and you wouldn't think that from a scoreline of 36-28, to 28, but the Rams really did not look like they were going to be all that competitive in this game at any point. I mean, the offense, they scored two long touchdowns, one to Van Jefferson that was a 79-yarder, another one that was a 53-yarder, I believe, to Odell Beckham, and that was 14 points. Outside of that, they had hardly any sustained drives, hardly any staying ahead of the chains, second and five, you know, third and one, second and two kind of situations. It was always behind the chains having to catch up couldn't do anything your defense is on the field for 10 12 15 plays they get off somehow the offense comes on and 30 seconds later in three plays they couldn't do anything the defense is coming back out and they got tired and as you can imagine Aaron Rodgers is a pretty good quarterback he's going to take advantage of opportunities like he got in this one he threw the ball 45 times I promise you that is not a guy you want throwing the ball 45 times against you it is probably going to end badly now Talking about bad, the Rams had a lot of it. We're going to dive into that in just a second here. The pass rush, not good. The offensive line, not great. A lot of question marks in terms of where this team is headed. Are they a Super Bowl contender? Can they still win this division? Is the season over? I mean, we're going to discuss that in just a few seconds here. Before we get there, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP at LockedOnRams and on YouTube as well at LockedOnRams. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's Wi-Fi and login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live 
TV, and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling a bunch of remotes, no more having 10 or 15 different devices, and the best part, there is no annual contract involved, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices are required, and content varies by package. And now we can pick up with where we left off here in terms of the bad and the ugly. And as I can promise you, there is a lot here for the Los Angeles Rams. Unfortunately, even though they put up 28 points, you might think, you know, this was a pretty close game. It really wasn't. They scored three points at the end of the game there. That was complete garbage time. Didn't matter. And in reality, it was a 36-25 game. And the Rams had two big plays on offense. And outside of that, it was a lot of bad news. A lot of stat padding, as they call you know, Matthew Stafford with that nickname. You've heard it probably on Twitter or in media from your friends. They call him Statthew Padford. That was kind of hard to say, but that's why they call him that. I mean, 302 yards passing, three touchdowns and one interception in this game. It felt completely empty. There was another terrible pick six by him. Another three, maybe four passes that should have been picked off. Just a sloppy game. Looked uncomfortable in the pocket. Never really was settled in. A lot of inaccurate throws consistently. I'm not really sure what's going on here. It's now been three straight weeks of bad to very bad play, and the Rams cannot afford it. They traded a ton for this guy. We've talked about it a million times on this podcast, and you handpicked this guy to get you to where Jared Goff was not able to get you, apparently, right? And right now, it doesn't look like he's that guy either. And I'm not going to jump to any conclusions because we still have, you know, seven weeks or close to seven weeks of really good play from this guy and three, maybe four, whatever the case is, of bad play. So still really good in general, but this is not what the Rams traded for. I mean, he looks uncomfortable. There was a report that came out yesterday from Diana Rossini of ESPN. And she said he's battling injuries to his arm, to his ankle, to his hand, to his ribs, to his back. He's got a chronic back issue as she called it, which is obviously a huge concern. And I think these are all legitimate injuries and he's probably laboring to some degree. I'm a hundred percent sure he's hurting. We even talked about it on the pod. He's suffered pretty much all of those injuries this year. There's a reason, you know, his ankle is spatted up. It's not because it looks cool. There's a reason he's wearing a sleeve on his throwing arm, and it's not because it looks cool. Presumably, it's because he's injured. So, you know, there has to be some level of understanding there in terms of we can't knock him to the nth degree because, yeah, he is injured. And at some point, we have to acknowledge that maybe that's why some of these passes are inaccurate. But in general, you can't excuse some of the turnovers, some of the decision-making, holding the ball too long, slow internal clock. I mean, yeah, some of it is definitely injuries, a very small part, but a lot of it is just terrible play outright by the guy that you handpicked that you need to drag your team to a Super Bowl. And right now it is not happening. It's bad week after bad week. There are some legitimate concerns there, and we're going to keep discussing that throughout this week and moving forward to see is this going to change or not because nobody else was able to step up. As we mentioned, the rushing attack, not good. Daryl Henderson, 3.4 yards per carry, only 55 yards. At least they ran the ball a decent amount. They had 20 rushes, but when you're down as consistently as they were, when you're always behind the chains like they were, when you can't stay on the field and you can't put together 8, 10, 12, 15 play drives, you're not going to be able to run the ball. So they couldn't run it that much. At least they tried to stick with it and looked like they were more balanced in this game, but it did not come off right. And there's your answer for everyone in the YouTube comments that was slamming Sean McVay for the last three weeks. Run the ball, run the ball. Well, they ran the ball more often, and it didn't really do much for the offense. Yes, they scored more points, and yes, they hit some big plays, but in general, was not a good game. I don't think anyone feels good coming out of this contest 
thinking, you know, the Rams are in a good spot right now. Tyler Higby targeted five times, brings in one reception for three yards. Matthew Stafford misses a wide open Higby on a corner route. Should have been a 20-yard gain. And, you know, Higby catches one on the screen. That was his catch. It should have been an easy 10-plus yard gain. He doesn't follow his blockers. Two blockers, one defender. Somehow the defender makes everyone miss and still gets Higby. Like, these are the little things that are just plaguing the Rams. The Rams did the same thing in the first half, I think, or in the first quarter with Daryl Henderson. You hit him on the screen. There's two blockers, one defender. That should be an easy 20, 30, however many yard gain. That guy should not be making the play. There's only one defender for three offensive players, one of which is the ball carrier, of course. That is just terrible, terrible execution. You cannot have that. That should be an easy pitch and catch for free yardage, which is what a screen should be. And the Rams can't even execute that properly. And then, you know, you move to the other side of the ball, the defense, and we've talked about it. They did not play great in this game. I still thought they played better than the offense and they had some flashes, you know, some drives where they really looked solid. And the secondary, I thought for the most part, played good. But Troy Reader, the biggest liability on this team right now, he cannot play in my opinion. This is not a guy you want out there. Yes, he had 13 tackles. Yes, he had a nice tackle in the running game where it was a tackle for loss and it was a big hit on A.J. Dillon. But in general, this guy was in coverage two or three times against Devontae Adams, and that is not Raheem Morris's fault, okay? The Packers were smart to motion players and get the matchups that they liked in certain situations. And of course, he's not going to cover Devontae Adams. But in general, this guy cannot cover anyone. There's a play where A.J. Dillon is hit out in the flat, the running back, and he makes Troy Reader eat a handful of grass, easy 15-yard gain or 10-yard gain, whatever it was, for another conversion, another first down. This guy cannot play in coverage. It is as simple as that. We know that. Aaron Rodgers knows that. He was picking on 51 every time he could in the passing game, and it worked. I mean, it was a really good game plan. This guy's a smart quarterback. He knows the matchups that he wants to take advantage of, and that is why he threw it, Troy Reader, as much as he did. Of course, it wasn't every snap, but... In general, it was a productive game for Rodgers because he wasn't going to go at Jalen Ramsey. He wasn't going to throw, you know, at some of these best players. He did target Darius Williams a decent amount, Dante Dion a decent amount. But when you throw the ball 45 times, you're probably going to have to target everyone, right? That's just kind of how it goes. Now, in terms of some of these other guys, as I mentioned, didn't think Dion played his best game. Wasn't really bad. I didn't think he was a liability. It's just kind of how it goes. When you have an NFC team like the Packers, an NFC team like the Rams, the two teams, or two of the three or four teams in the NFC that should be the best teams. I mean, there's a lot of question marks now, but the teams that should be in the conversation for a Super Bowl, you're going to get hit, and you got to be able to hit back. That's just how it goes. You're not going to dominate these teams. And yeah, the Rams weren't going to shut them down, so I give guys like Dante Dion a little bit of credit, Darius Williams. Yeah, you're not going to lock these guys up every single snap and not give up anything, but you need to make some plays as well as you know giving up some plays because that's just the game by virtue. And ultimately... I thought those guys held their own for the most part. It was the pass rush that really, really disappointed me in this game. And in just a second, we're going to dive into it more often here. What did Von Miller play like? Played a lot of snaps in this game. The rest of the guys, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, where were they in this contest? Well, find out in just a second here. Make sure to keep tuning back in throughout the rest of the week here at Locked on Rams. We're going to continue to dissect this game with the in-depth PFF numbers and then flip the page and look at where this team is headed throughout the rest of the season. But you guys know it's here. Cyber Monday is officially here. It's the best Monday of the year. And Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. You can get at least 20% off everything that's delicious and healthy there. That's 20% off the entire site. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. 
Actually, they have a brand new Built Bar flavor that has landed just in time for Cyber Monday, the Caramel Almond Delight Bar. And I can promise you, I've tried it. It is a very, very good bar. One of the better ones that they have there. You're definitely going to want to get your hands on them if you can before they're gone. And this season, maybe you're craving white chocolate. Christmas time coming up here. For a limited time, get a special new Built Bar Puff flavor white chocolate cheesecake. I haven't tried it myself, but I love cheesecake. I love white chocolate. I'm sure it tastes amazing. And the yummy protein treat is filled with a marshmallowy center and it's covered in white chocolate. So this is the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything at their site. Head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK20 before it's too late. And unfortunately for me, not a good betting day. I bet on the Rams. I shouldn't have. Every time I tell myself I'm not going to, I end up doing it and they end up losing, it feels like. So not the best day for me. But if you guys want to get in on some of that action, go check out one of our sponsors, BetOnline.ag. It's Thanksgiving. We all know what that means. It's football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. They are your number one spot for all your sports action this Thanksgiving as well as this Christmas. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Make sure to take advantage of all the amazing offers available right now for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. For your second daily listen, go check out Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Now we can pick up with where we left off here, the ugly. And this was a bad segment that I do not want to talk about, but we have to get through it. And the very first thing that I want to bring up here, I saw it on Twitter, and this is quite shocking. Made me really start to rethink a lot of things here with the Rams. This season, against teams that are 500 or under, so teams that are not even even in terms of their record, the Rams, a nice 6-0. In terms of teams over 500, so any of the non-bad teams in football, the Rams are 1-4. and This is a big concern for me moving forward. Is this a team that is just going to beat up on the worst teams in football and win the games, yeah, that they should win, but not against teams that are actual contenders? Or are they going to turn into a team that has actual value and can play some of these really good teams that are contenders? Really, the only contender they've beaten this season, I guess, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is very, very concerning for a team that still has to play the Arizona Cardinals coming up, the Baltimore Ravens, the Minnesota Vikings, the San Francisco 49ers again. This is a gauntlet of a schedule. And right now, the Rams do not look like they're up for it. They lost to the Bucs. They lost to the Titans. They lost to the Niners. They lose to the Packers. All three in a row. The team does not look like they're belonging in this Super Bowl conversation. And that takes me right back to the field because maybe the biggest issue in terms of this team is the special teams. They are so bad. I don't know how they're every bit as bad as they were last year. They have a new special teams coordinator. Last year, it was John Bonamigo. They move him to a different role this season. They bring in a new guy in Joe DiCamillis. And they are every bit as terrible this season. I mean, yes, Matt Gay, great kicker. He's the one steady, the one constant. Goes two of two on his field goal attempts, two of two on his extra point attempts. But outside of that, 
Four returns by Sony Michelle, kickoff returns, 22.5 average. Just leave it in the end zone. You're not even getting to the 25. Why do you keep taking it out? It makes no sense at all. J.J. Koski, a kick return, 13 yards, absolutely terrible. You look at the punt returns, J.J. Koski, one return, 13 yards, and it's a fumble. I mean, just incredibly terrible by him. And then just a few punts later, Cooper Cup is put back there, and he doesn't even field the punt, lets it bounce, lets it bounce, roll, roll, all the way down to the one-yard line, and the Packers down the ball at the one-yard line. Lo and behold, the Rams can't drive 99 yards. Of course not. The offense was god-awful. And then the punting game, Johnny Hecker, He's not the same guy. I don't know what it is. This is not the same guy that we once knew and loved. 205 yards in this game, an average of 41 yards per punt. That's okay. A long of 53. That's all right. One down inside the 20, which is good. But on the other side, if you guys do recall, Corey Bohorquez, that is a name that we know. He was with the Rams throughout the offseason into the preseason, and the Rams did trade him to the Packers. He also had five punts. He averaged 42.4 yards per punt, so a little bit better than Johnny Hecker. Had three land inside the 20, not just one, and had a long of 61. So he outduels the guy that he should have replaced. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I think Bohorquez is the better punter right now. And that's, you know, very, very small in terms of the actual issues here with the Rams, right? The punting situation is not something we're going to harp over, but just another added layer to the disappointment that is the Los Angeles Rams right now. The coaching staff, so many weird calls. Raheem Morris, his guys. Not that great. I mean, they almost give up 40 points, but at the end of the day, still, they looked half decent at least. Sean McVay, the offense, still looks completely lost. Yeah, they scored 28, but no semblance of a smooth game whatsoever. So many bad passes, inaccurate passes. Should have been three or four interceptions. Maybe even more than that, to be quite honest with you. Just bad. I mean, there's some drops. There's no run blocking. The pass protection was bad. Left tackle Andrew Whitworth, we talked about him really like the last few episodes. And I mentioned he didn't even give up one pressure since week four. This was his worst game of the year. There is no questions asked. He gets beat on a pass rush by Rashawn Gary. Matthew Stafford strip sack. The Packers recovered inside the 10 yard line. Lo and behold, free points. I mean, the Rams are literally spotting these teams points. I think it was either a touchdown. I do believe it was a touchdown. So another 14 points spotted by the offense to a opponent. You can't even make this up. That's three games in a row just looking horrible. Never mind, you know, three and outs and we can't score. They're spotting teams points consistently. They did it again to another playoff contender. They did it again coming off the bye week. They did it again for the third week in a row. We're not even talking about three times in a season. We're talking about week after week after week. They are not solving these issues. And there are some serious question marks about this team. The pass rush, as I mentioned before the break, they were no better. I mean, these guys should be carrying this defense. That's the bottom line, right? We talk about Von Miller, a second and a third round pick, the Rams trade for this guy. Talk about Aaron Donald, who was absolutely dominant in this game. And then you talk about Leonard Floyd, a guy that the Rams are paying $16 million. And then the matchup that we've talked about all week here at this podcast, the one place that I had circled that I said the Rams needed to win if they wanted to win this game was a pass rush. You look at the other side, the offensive line, the Packers did not have David Bakhtiari out there. They did not have Elton Jenkins out there. They're two best offensive linemen, two pro bowlers, and they stonewalled the Rams defensive line. This defensive line should be the best in football. That four-man rush should be getting home often, and they really did not do anything in this game. Let's just call it what it is. They were stale. There was a handful of rushes where they collapsed the pocket. Sure, Aaron Rodgers maybe had to kind of scramble out or was pressured and threw it away, but in general, nothing to show for it. I mean, this was a bad performance. Von Miller, maybe his biggest 
contribution was a 15-yard penalty on a crucial drive for the defense where he hits Aaron Rodgers with his helmet in his helmet, and it's a free 15 yards for the Packers. Like, just bad, really bad all around. They need to get this cleaned up quick. As I mentioned, the Rams, two and a half games back right now in the NFC West for the lead from the Arizona Cardinals. We can nearly chalk the division up as done. I mean, the Cardinals nearly have this division. They pretty much for all intents and purposes, unless they have an epic kind of collapse here and the Rams suddenly do not lose another game the rest of the season, you can pretty much say that this division is done. And that means that the Rams are not going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And they're most likely going to be the fifth seed in the NFC at best. And that is not good for a team that is all in like the Rams. At the end of the day, yeah, that wouldn't be bad, but they traded way too much. They gave up way too much and they think they're way too talented right now to be fighting for a fifth or sixth or seventh seed. That is pathetic right now. This team playing God awful football. They need to clean it up. There's question marks from the coaching staff to the defense, to the offense, and most of all, the special teams. I don't know how they solve this. I really do not. The Rams are in a bad spot right now. Backs against the wall, very desperate. Everything just looking bad. I mean, in general, this team is not confident right now. They're not playing good or clean football. And I don't know how fans could be confident in watching this product. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked on Rams. Make sure to tune back in tomorrow and throughout the rest of this week, we're going to continue to break down this matchup with a fine tooth comb and then flip the page looking ahead to what hopefully is a win for once, the Los Angeles Rams, the Jacksonville Jaguars. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at Locked on Rams, and on YouTube at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.